Welcome to the UX Growth Podcast, your go-to source for expert insights and actual advice on all things UX design. If you're enjoying the show, I would love for you to subscribe and never miss an episode on your podcasting platform. And don't forget to sign up for our UX Growth Insider newsletter, where you will get exclusive access to even more resources, tips, and insights that help you take your UX design skills to the next level. Be sure to check out our website at theuxgrowth.com, where you can find show notes and links to our social media channels. And last but not least, be sure to follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn for even more UX design goodness. All links are found in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and let's grow together. Hi, this is the UX Growth Podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, Nick Mann. I'm here with another guest of season two with Irina Nick, a senior designer willing to talk to us about the topics of AI. And before we begin that, let's tell us a bit about your background. How'd you get to the place you are today? Currently, I'm working as a senior designer in the design agency. Previously, I was working mostly with uh, product companies. So I was working in smaller startups, uh, helping them to grow from the idea stage till the launch. So this includes a very uh, broad set of tasks, starting from the idea validation uh, to the research and uh, to the implementation and also to um, measuring uh, how the product goes and yeah that's that's my background basically I came from product design uh, from digital product design uh, to uh, design in the consultancy mm, yeah absolutely and for the whole processes that we are always learning from incoming technology and be able to ways to figure out how we work and improve because the UX design field is just so new in the whole grand scheme of things, you know? It depends on how we approach this question because I couldn't say that the design thinking concept is new. So if we say that UX design is just design thinking applied to the digital field, then it doesn't feel as new. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't feel it's new, probably because... Uh... And one of the upcoming technologies that we are now using in the UX field is the world of AI. So I'm really fascinated to know, what are your thoughts of AI and its role in UX design? I know that's a big question, but we're going to dive right into it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm currently uh, exploring this technology a lot, trying to figure out uh, how can we um, best applied to our design process and also to the solutions uh, that we design. And there are a lot of things to discuss. Currently, ChatGPT is all over the internet. And when we are talking about AI, many people assume just ChatGPT. But uh, the topic is much broader. Uh, the AI technology are much broader and they include many other models. And all of them would really affect how we design things and what we design. If I would AI will change design, I would say that design would be more about going from zero to one and less about implementation. So mm. currently we are spending 
a lot of time uh, on uh, design systems, on uh, your design and uh, implementation details to hand off our layouts to the developers. And it won't go away soon, but it will be accelerated a lot. So mm -hmm. we would uh, we would get a lot of help from uh, AI technologies. But what we cannot expect, what AI cannot help us really is from what AI cannot help us is uh, going from zero to one. So it is able to generate something it has seen before, but uh, even if it's ChatGPT, it feels like it is generating something novel, but it is because the data it was trained on is very broad. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about something that never existed before, and we are talking about the problem that even is not defined yet because our, our job is also uh, define the problem, find the solution for users that would work for them. Uh, this is going from zero to one and uh, here, I don't think AI would be able to help us. Soon. Yeah, that really it makes sense. And like one of the big drawbacks of it is that it pulls its information based on the past data. And as we are uh, going through our work and understanding data, sometimes the data isn't there yet that we need to actually really create ourselves and then be able to interpret that. Where, you know, AI can definitely help with some things that we may overmiss, but also the fact that it doesn't really solve new problems that it's just not prepared for, I found. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we are far from uh, the point where AI would be able to understand people. And uh, that's where we would spend more time designing products, trying to understand people, trying to solve uh, for them instead of just pushing pixels, like designing the same mm -hmm. buttons over and over again. Yeah. Where do you think it excels at the at the most right now? So certainly uh, everywhere where data is, AI would help us a lot. Mm. And uh, currently with large language model, currently with large language models, we are talking about text data. So in user research, it would uh, be able to help us summarize, find the insights, uh, cluster the information. So everything that is difficult for people to do, if we are talking about um, big data, to synthesize it and find uh, insights, AI would uh, be able to help us with that. Mm -hmm. um, also, the technologies are not there yet, but if we are talking about text, we should also remember that code is also text, that mm -hmm. music is also text, uh, image is also text. All our layouts that we design can be also interpreted as text. And um, in the future, it would be able to train new models to help us with uh, UR design. It's not as scary as sound, because if we think about it, there are a lot, there are already a lot of tools that help you do your design, right? There are already an abundance of no-code solutions that would allow you to uh, make a user interface without a designer. But uh, these tools uh, didn't take any jobs, I guess, from designers because they are just means to design something, but our value is uh, in concepts, in solutions. So our work would be just accelerated, but not substituted. Hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's, uh, feels like that's an ongoing fear that people are having about the whole substitutions that can happen and feel like they're not no longer in control of that as it, as it continues to grow. Just want to yeah. know, like, yeah, like, where are your, where are your thoughts on that? So like, and the, like the fears people have of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say that uh, I'm also quite cautious about these technologies because it will certainly disrupt the economy. And as a person who doesn't really understand how economy works, <laughs> it feels scary not to understand how this uh, this thing might uh, affect the whole economy. And uh, then it will be uh, affecting everyone, uh, despite like it doesn't matter what the job is. Everyone will be affected and we don't know yet uh, how. Regarding the design, it's just the design process will adapt. It will change a little bit. So we'll be more efficient in some tasks and we will be able to allocate more resources to uh, other tasks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I've noticed through the history of human humanity is that we are very versatile and adaptable. And to feel like Oh, our role as a designer right now is not going to be the way it's always going to be, especially because, for example, the what it meant to be a designer like just 20 years ago is different. So there is this uh, always that ongoing change about what is our roles and what problems are we trying to solve and why it's so important to just keep learning through the processes and to embrace these technologies that are going to be happening. Because that's just how we learn and improve as you know professionals and as people. Yeah, absolutely. Digital product design didn't uh, exist like um, 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, so um, the industry is always changing and AI is just another technology that will change it. Uh, but we should be, we should keep in mind that uh, this change will be much faster than all the previous changes. So for everyone listening, I would advise to really understand this technology because uh, it is going to affect the way we work very soon. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, what do you have any tips for people to be able to adapt quickly to this because of the fact that this is definitely going to be changing a lot of our careers, you know, regardless of what we think and desire of it? Yeah, absolutely. So the first tip would be just to try these tools if you haven't tried it before, because I know that there are a lot of people who even haven't tried it yet uh, and here's the catch when you open for example ChatGPT or MidJourney and you ask it something um, very simple it would probably uh, don't give you a very sophisticated answer and many people just get disappointed about this thing like there are a lot of hype about it but this thing doesn't give me a good answer uh, mm -hmm. But the catch is in the prompt. Uh, so these tools are able to produce incredible results, mind-blowing results uh, with the right prompt. So the first thing that people should do if they want to learn about new AI technologies is to try these tools, not just once, but learn how to prompt these tools because uh, this is the first step into understanding how these uh, things work. Uh, before even going to the technology, before even going how to implement it in the 
design process and so on. This would be uh, the first step just to understand what uh, these models are capable on. Mm-hmm. So for me, the second step would be just start <laughs> implementing these technologies. But this step is not for everyone. Uh, I do understand it. So if you don't feel comfortable um, to go to code and uh, uh, try to build something that's also absolutely fine, the resources that would explain how these technologies work and how they can be implemented. And currently, there are not a lot. Uh, I myself uh, is. I'm also currently writing the articles about this because there are not a lot of information about it. Uh, so the second tip would be um, just to keep an eye on the articles that are emerging uh, in these fields and. Of course, now it's difficult to filter the articles, so many of them, and many of them are not, uh, many of them, I would say, repeat uh, repeat each other, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I don't know how to solve this issue. Just find uh, the good resource that you trust. <laughs> also, some really interesting prompts that I've come across, like, be uh, like you can tell uh, an AI to behave and talk like Steve Jobs and have it critique your product design and give some really insightful ways of how Steve Jobs would approach it. Yeah, and uh, it, it's actually a really interesting exercise to try different lenses because it means that these models probably have seen something that you haven't seen and are aware of the context that you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. And this is an interesting exercise to try uh, different lenses uh, about anything. It might be about uh, political situation. You might try different lenses, but it might be also about uh, your product and about different user types that you have. But we should keep in mind that this is the exercise and not the research, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you oh, you, you touched on a part of um, like like how we how, about learning things, and like when we are like saying in an agency, and you're working with so many different clients for their user design, and there's just so many different industries that you have to learn quickly. And I think that's also what's really awesome about AI is being able to process so much information that we we can know. What is it that we too much on things that may not be irrelevant? And with the power of AI, we can condense that down to what is necessary so that, okay, now we know the context. Now we are able to apply that to the user. Now we can apply this to the researching tools and then figure out a solution based on that information instead of feeling like we have to read dozens and dozens. I think it's just not possible to read all of it. This is the job that should be outsourced, outsourced to AI. And for example, working in product company, we had a lot of incoming user information. So uh, we had our own user research, but also there were tons of information coming from our customer support, tons of emails from uh, users who were just writing us with questions, with feedback and so on. And it's just not possible without a structure on top of it to have an eyebird view of the like user picture for your product. So that's where AI uh, would be tremendously helpful. And there are already tools that are 
trying to implement AI in their solutions. They are not quite there yet, also because they are privacy issues but we could see that now open ai for example is changing their privacy policy every few months <laughs> and it's becoming better so we could we could certainly expect such solutions in a few years yes uh, it's so important to be able to process this data and it's just so time consuming it's all out that goes through the whole entire concept of it all and it's just you know it's like it's it's the whole user experience, not just one aspect, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of user experience, currently we see a lot of various chatbots emerging, but these technologies are much more powerful than just chatbots. And actually what I've learned also from my experiments, chatbots are often not the best solution for the users because they are passive. So they are sitting there uh, waiting for you to prompt them. And that's why also many people don't explore ChatGPT because it is an active process. You have to find the prompts that work with these systems. So when we are designing solutions with uh, these uh, large language models, we should mm -hmm. first also ask ourselves, like, what should be the interaction? Because often chatbots are not the best interaction for the users. Yeah, especially like now, and when we're working as a team, not only is this uh, the AI going to be for our work, but it's going to be for like everyone for how we are able to figure out from the process of what each every person does as a team too. So I think there's a lot of different ways that like we're able to communicate and be able to work big together more efficiently as well. I just feel like, or do you think there might be any like potential challenges with that? Do you, do you foresee? I know I'm curious to know. About yeah, I think I think yeah. that social dynamics is one of the greatest challenge of the upcoming technologies because becoming great at faking people and they're also great at answering questions and so on. So in the nearest future, every email that we receive, we would be wondering if it was uh, from the real person or if it was uh, generated. True. Every Every message that we receive uh, on social media, we would have the same questions because I do think it would be a valuable solution for content creators to just let AI answer all the comments, for example, in their style. And it's very easy to train a large language model to answer in your uh, style. You don't have to be a data scientist now to do this. Before you had to, now you don't. You just make good prompts. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so... The trust issue uh, would rise uh, a lot. Also, our social structures that we have in place uh, would be questioned. For example, when we are applying for something, we usually write a cover letter uh, because this is the social structure. Uh, yeah, is it the social structure? I don't know how to call it, but this is the structure that we use uh, to communicate with each other. Mm. And, and we can see that... Uh, AI is better at structures than we are. So they are not good at content. If you try to make AI produce some worthy content, it would not be able to do this. But if you ask AI to produce something in the structure, for example, you give the content and you say that now make it a formal letter, now make it an entertaining blog post or an article in the science magazine, 
it is extremely good at making these structures. It will probably, we would probably reconsider how we approach our communication, especially digital communication in terms mm. of trust and in terms of structure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense for the process of how the, the, the AI works in the sense of like, we can't just tell it to like, hey, write me a social media post and it gives you a really amazing original <laughs> one that is going to get a lot of views, you know? Like it definitely yeah. needs a lot more guidance of like the tone, who is it for, uh, the topic, uh, the layout of it, you know, like, especially like for blog posts, like you can, like you can do quite a bit actually. It's just like, you have to feed it with a lot of contextual information for it to know what to do with it. Instead of just, <laughs> just do a very play, like a very vague statement and expect it to figure it out. Yeah, and it's it's still not not very good at thinking uh, as as we um, as we define thinking. So if I if I give the large language model the contextual information, it will be able to answer my questions about this context. But if I ask large language model to produce something new based yeah. on the contextual information, it won't be able to do that. So, and that's also going from zero to one. So these systems are not able to go from zero to one, but they're incredibly mm -hmm. good uh, at repeating uh, everything that they have seen. So if you if you give the context information that you just need to to reformat in a different structure, uh, it will probably do a better job than <laughs> than uh, you yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and as we are just creating other things as we are, as we are getting as professionals. It's always this really fascinating to learn about from all ourselves for how we are doing this. So as we're drawing a close to this episode, what's the best way to support what you're doing? I produce a lot of content. All right. So uh, I write about design and artificial intelligence on uh, Medium. You can find me um, searching for Irina Nick. And uh, I'm also producing uh, YouTube videos uh, about these topics, although they are more technical uh, than my Medium articles. So my Medium articles are more strategic and they're more related to design. So if you want to learn about AI implementation in design, I would advise you to check my Medium profile. And if you want to learn how to build these tools yourself, uh, then go to the YouTube channel. Again, just Irina Nick. Um, and there you can find a lot of tutorials about large language models. Yeah, and all links to that would be found in the show notes. So you can easily check out Arena's articles, YouTube, and any social media. So it's actually really, really incredible. I've been enjoying them myself, so I highly recommend them. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thank you so much, Arena, for being here. Yes, please do support our guests. And until then, you just listen to UX Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening.